We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, boys and girls. It's your favorite Mavs Moneyball editor, Kirk Henderson. Uh, thank you for joining another session of group therapy. Oh, my God, was that game. Not good for my heart. Um, if you're here, you're a weirdo, and you're staying up late and listening to uh, basketball-related content in the middle of the night. Oh, my gosh. I see one of my good friends, Blake Knight, in the chat. Hi, Blake. Um, so you all know the drill. Let's uh, come up on stage and talk about this game because I don't know what to say other than the fact that I'm glad they won. Uh, I saw former Mavs Moneyball contributor uh, Austin uh, tweet out that the Mavs wins are like bad sex, which ha- is going to stay with me for a while because that's a really good description. Uh, we're glad they're winning, but I can't help but shake the feeling that something is a bit off. Um, just got done recording a show with Xavier where we talked about how, you know, these first 20 games are pretty predictive. So it's good that they're winning, but the fact that they're shooting so badly, they're like 28th, 29th in the league in field goal percentage, and then, like, bottom five in scoring. Like, they need either something to break positively where they have a few few regression games, uh, positive regression games for guys that just, like, aren't hitting anything. Dorian Finney-Smith is shooting 20% from three. That's incredible. It's hard to do. Um, anyhow, all right, y'all know the drill. Come up on stage. Um, hit that unmute button when you get the opportunity. Uh, and just be willing to, uh, you know, we'll slide along and see who all would like to talk tonight. Okay, coming up first, we have Brandon. Hi, Brandon. Hey, Kirk. Can you hear me? I can. How are you doing? Doing all right. Uh, I'll make this quick tonight. Kind of mentioned this last night, but what are your thoughts or concerns? Or Because you said you'd be concerned if KP missed this game. So, Oh, yeah. What are your <laughs> Um. This is not good. Um, winning is good, but but him not playing is 
ultimately really it, it makes assessing the Mavs incredibly difficult because regardless of how we kind of feel about him and some of his, you know, chicanery that comes along with him, he's a cog that fits, that makes parts of the Mavericks work, work on both sides of the ball. So if he's not playing, I don't know what to say. Um, two more days off. You know, he looks good on the bench, which is a good sign. Um, I don't know. I just don't know what it means. Like, I don't want to read too far into things because, you know, I have lots of people who are like, oh, is he going to, is he going to get traded? Like, I don't see for who or for what, like he hasn't played enough. He's, he's not like his value can't be great. Um, is he actually really hurt? Once again, like he's leaping up and down off the bench. He's moving. Well, I don't see what that could be, you know? I, I don't really like like the, the level of speculation that we have right now is frustrating because back tightness is not an injury. It is a symptom. And so what, what are we really supposed to do with that? I, I don't know. Um, I suppose an, an actual reporter will come out with something at some point, but if the Mavs are being this tight, I don't know um, what we're supposed to do about it. I mean, obviously you want him healthy, uh, but and and again, I keep reminding people like he probably wants to play. I don't see why he wouldn't. You know, he he's such a he's not good at hiding when he's pissy, and he looks, you know, he looks all right over there on the bench. So, all right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'd agree. Like, I'm just kind of confusing. I'm starting to lean towards the trade situation, kind of Dennis Smith Jr. But kind of what you said, it it's hard to look to see where that would be, but. For sure. Um, other than that, I mean, I do just some positive positivity. I do think that regression is coming because otherwise we will be setting records for basketball inability to shoot. And I, I don't think this roster is going to, going to do that. So I think no. we'll get better at our bunnies and our wide open threes. So I, I, cause so far, I think I saw we've beaten every team we've been favored against and, we've lost against all the teams that were favored against us. So kind of the inverse of last year's team. But right. I think we'll start actually winning against some better teams if we can make at least some shots. So a little bit of positivity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, ending on a positive note. We'll uh, see you in a couple of days then. Thanks, Brandon. Mm-hmm. All right, coming up next, we have Chris. Uh, Chris, you just noted in the chat, anytime you beat the Spurs, it's a good night, and that is absolutely <laughs> correct because losing that game would have upset me um, and, and take it away. Yeah, and, you know, the past what few seasons, it's just been great. I mean, and then just winning by one, I don't know. I, I was actually going to go to this game tonight. I live like three hours away from San Antonio, but I'm probably going to go to the Celtics game on Saturday, so – Looking forward to that. Celtics are kind of me- of a mess right now. Um, and, you know, we've been taking care of some bad teams. I mean, it's kind of weird to say the Celtics are a bad team, but they're going through some drama too. But uh-huh. uh, is anybody – did they say how long Maxi might be out? Is this a – So he's got an oblique strain, which is that muscle that's um, – I mean, it's, it's, it's one of your core muscles. And so they, they had estimated about 10 days – so he's missed. Oh, so it'll be uh, a good chunk of next week, too, at least. And, you know, I, I'm glad we won tonight. But, I mean, I just would love to see Moses Brown out there. I mean, we're playing a bad team. Spurs are a bad team. I mean, just give them some time to 
some games to develop. I mean, we needed that size out there, and thank, thankfully, Bobon bailed us out. Um, yeah, but just yeah, the whole KP thing that this five game straight, this is just ridiculous. Like, and I know he wants to play. I know he wants to play, but I, I really it's painful though. There's a trade. It's painful. There has to be a trade brewing up. I I don't know Simmons or maybe the Blazers. I mean, they're in a bad yeah, spot right now. You struggle bust themselves. That's an interesting. I just don't know. Um, CJ McCollum, you think? Because we ne- we need another playmaker, and uh, I love Jalen Brunson. I'm man, he just played great tonight. But I mean, just having another playmaker just to alleviate, Lu- you know, Luca's Luca's load. So yeah, I really don't. I really don't know what could be going on with them. Um, it's been so. Weird. Um, and, and you'd obviously rather be, you, know, you described the Celtics drama earlier. Like you'd rather be five and three and feel weird than like two and six and be weird. <laughs> yeah. This feels like we're, yeah, this feels like we're two and six. I right. mean, I, like I've had just... to really, I've had to kind of curb my, like, like what's a curb, not my enthusiasm because I've been an asshole, but like curb my negativity. Cause it's like, they're still <laughs> winning. And winning yeah, is obviously that's what I'm good. Saying, last year, yeah, last year were so many games just against those bad teams. They ended up losing those games, but this is like stressful. But then at the end of it, we're, we end up winning anyway. So, um, and this is with KP being out. So, I'm, if he comes back and he happens to stay with the Mavs and just get in a good rhythm, I think we're we're in a good spot. I mean, we're only what eight games in. I, I think we're okay. But I mean, I we're know. literally third in the West. Like it's, it's <laughs> hilarious when you look at the standings. Yeah, the Clippers I mean, have fallen off. They got they don't have Kawhi. I mean, there's a lot of teams. I mean, the Blazers and all. I mean, I think we're going to be fine, honestly. And this is going to be nice, really, at the end of the season. Even if we do have to play the Clippers, I mean, I don't see Kawhi being the way he was of the games that I went to, and when he went nuclear on us, like that was just that was. I'm still traumatized by that playoffs, man. Like, and I was at those games. Like I said, it's just. Yeah. Oh God, I wish we went to the second round. Well, you want to know something uh, that's kind of understated? Um, this was the the third division win for the Mavericks, and division wins normally don't really matter anymore because they've gotten rid of some of the tiebreak related things that used to be yeah be funky. But like you look at the Memphis, which is also five and three, they've yet to play a division game. Uh, you you look at the the Rockets are like way down there at the bottom. Pelicans haven't played any division games either. <clears throat> Getting these division wins could actually matter if the Mavericks ever hit sort of like a soft skid. And and yes. I was really pleased to to see that tonight because it's like they play the they play the the Spurs one more time uh, in the next several in the next several days. Yeah, on so. the on the twelfth, I believe. But just just lastly, yeah, just going back to the playoffs. So that that three way tie with the Lakers and it wasn't Memphis. I can't remember what it was, but it was just annoying how both of those teams were like tank. One was trying to win, one was trying to lose, and then we ended up playing the Clippers anyway. But uh-huh. anyway, um, right. Lastly, yeah, Sterling Brown sucks too. Like, but he, <laughs> he sucks so bad. Like, I know Bullock was out because of that facial injury, but I can't stand seeing Sterling Brown. I, well, I don't know. He's, the misses you live with because you know he's a, he's a, historically a pretty okay catch and shoot guy. He had three turnovers and they were all terrible. Yeah. Like it's one thing like the, the only step thing on the he line, did with that was make a three pointer. So. He, he stepped on the line out of bounds when he should have just caught and fired. He passed one directly to the other team and then he dribbled and lost the ball, like left it behind him. It was like those sorts of turnovers you just hate to see because it's like you know you're making yes. a play. Any sort of live ball turnover always feels worse. 
So. Yeah, I've given up on him. But that's that's all I have tonight. Uh, let's get this win on Saturday. <laughs> that's right. Thanks for coming up, Chris. All right. Um, I wanted to address something I saw in the chat a little while ago. Um, Jason pointed out in the chat, like, when do we talk about Luca? Jason, it's funny you say that because Xavier and I just had a lengthy discussion on him. And I don't know how to properly talk about Luca because – when I'm too hard on him, those people who have watched him for years and or are super fans do not really like the way that I come down. Because my criticism, the way I talk about players, just tends to great people. I get that. On the other hand, if we don't acknowledge the fact that he has looked like but it, it, it feels like you're, you're not being critical enough. Uh, and I will say that, that you know, it's, again – Great that they're five and three with him not playing at his best. I am to the point now where I'm a little concerned because his free throw rate is just flew through the floor. He got two tonight to open the game and then he didn't get any the rest of the game. He's him and a lot of these guys that rely on the mid lane, like body calls when you're going like down the lane aren't getting them this season. It's not just Luca. And so I don't really know. He's going to have to figure out a way to adjust. Can he? Absolutely. Will he? Almost assuredly, he has adjusted to everything throughout his entire career. I, I'm curious to see how and where he adjusts. I felt that he has been at times a little too zealous. Um, the, the, I, I suppose the English phrase would be overzealous. What's wrong with me? Um, in, in terms of with some of his shot selection, and then at other times he's been a little, uh, he showed some trepidation when he's trying to pass out of double teams. Um, and, and when he gets these soft doubles, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to be curious to see how the Mavericks adjust. I've not loved, you know, he's played these five games without Porzingis and Porzingis provides space. And that, that just becomes more evident when you watch games where it's like, things are just a little bit cramped. So I wanted to address that as we, um, as we move along, uh, who was it? Um, Marcellus just in the, in the chat noted, that I, I like the Luca allowed Jalen to go off late. I mean, psh, me too, because, Brunson had it going and there was no attempt to, to do, you know, there's like a couple of weird shot attempts from Luca where he got put in bad situations, but more or less it was the Brunson show. And I think it was, I think it was great. Um, okay. Coming up next, we have Josh. Hi, Josh. How are you doing tonight? Unmute. Okay. Unmute. There we are. Yeah. Thanks for hello. Not much. Uh, I got three things for you real quick. One, my initials are JB, so uh, I'm happy to to share those with that dude tonight. Uh, he he just murdered it. Um, two, I really loved uh, the point made about Luca sharing with JB. In fact, I just really love seeing him uh, showing Brunson like just love and support, even if Luca's not playing to his level um that's that's important on the chemistry tip and my third point is you don't need to look at the numbers or the stats to see that man when kid brought in Boban versus uh Dwight Powell how did the Mavericks play incredibly better uh and they scraped the win out um, even with, and I'm not trying to just, you know, uh, lay on Powell because I've liked Powell historically, sure. but 
it just has been brutal to watch. And um, and it just shows if you just look and do the eye test and compare Boban in the game to the time when uh, Powell was in the game. And I don't even want to talk about uh, Kali Stein. Yeah. I mean, that's like, it's like a Sophie's choice of awkward when, when that's your three, <laughs> like, like it's like, okay, <laughs> they, they can play Powell and Powell can do things where he loses control of his limbs. And then, and does uh, like, he got that technical foul for like inadvertently bitch slapping uh, Doug in the face. And it's just like, man, come on, like get your, like, he, and he does stuff like that, like twice a game. It's so painful. And and I you know it's like we're I'm I'm excited to see to see you know get the win but it, it's like like Boban the way the game's played now the the up and down nature at times he just can't do it and the fact that they were able to squeeze 15 minutes out of him like he was a key he was him and Brunson were the keys to the game there is no question in my mind um, and it's it's nice to see that it worked where it becomes a little. F- Frightening is, is not the right term, but where it becomes a little concerning is if you're going to gimmicks in game eight, then things like, is there something more systemic to be concerned about? Does that make sense? It does, but also like when it's so blatantly yeah. obvious that one thing is working and the other two things are not working, then you don't have to be like, I mean, I don't know why it's so cute to be a coach. You know what I mean? Like, can't you just actually look at it and be like, wow, that's not working. Um, And, and, you know, not to lay on Dwight because it's actually laying at kids feet, you know, because it's like, dude, it doesn't take a person who studied coaching to see that shit is just not fucking working and it's not a freaking like, uh, you know, you don't have to know rocket science to see it. Uh, But yeah, I mean, it was, it was a fun, it was so much fun to watch Brunson and freaking Luca because I mean, Luca was out there, you know, drawing the defense towards him and Brunson was just going off. It was beautiful. Yeah. No, I really it's it's when Brunson's cooking, it's a lot of fun. And I think teams forget he's left-handed for like huge stretches of the game. Like I don't really know. It's like he always goes back left. And even when he goes left, or even when he goes right, he comes back left. And I'm just like, is is am I the only one seeing this? And and it's I mean, I'm glad because they I cannot believe they left Doug McDermott out there for that long. That was not um that was not very, very nice of um, of Greg Popovich. So. <laughs> but, yeah, thanks for joining us. You got anything else? No, just uh, murderous and bond sound by. Sure. All right, all right man. All thanks a lot. Thanks. Peace. All right. Coming up next, we have uh, Jim. Hi, Jim. How you doing? Hey, Kirk. How's it going? It's going. What do you got for us tonight? I got two things. So first off, is this the worst feeling win the Mavericks have had since the 2019-2020 season? It's a good question. I don't know. It, I, I I know it's a very loaded question because it's like you have to really think back, but with the stage that the Mavericks are at overall right now, any type of regular season win 
that you're barely getting by a very terrible San Antonio team, it just it didn't even feel good. It, and especially with Luca playing the way he's playing, it just it it doesn't feel great. I, I I completely get it. I didn't feel great either, but that's partially why we talk through these things. I feel you know my my brand is borderline toxic because I make everyone upset with my pro with my with my proclamations on on social media. But doing these actually makes me feel a little bit saner. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, sometimes you just got to get through these. You know, my my buddy Matt Moore at the Action Network says there's five games every year that are just complete toss up bullshit games. And this may be one of those for the Mavericks because they snatched defeat or they snatched victory from the jaws of defeat, like four times, like the, that free throw chicanery at the end was really weird. And there was just enough odd stuff in this game where it's like, you just kind of throw it up to chance. You know, they won on the second night of a back to back. Everybody was tired. Most of the things were ugly and you just sort of got to take that and, and and walk away from it. There's a little bit of a stretch if you look ahead in the schedule where they play four straight road games where they play Phoenix, Phoenix, Clippers, Clippers. And that's right around Thanksgiving at the end of the month. And I've been looking at the schedule for a while. And if if the Mavericks come out of this month roughly 500, then I'm going to be pretty excited. Um, I don't know... The more I watch this team, the more I either think I know way too much about what they're doing or I really don't know anything at all. And at this point, it's just I kind of want to throw my hands up and say, okay, let's just let's just enjoy the games and not try to read too much into it. But then that wouldn't be any fun. Right. Right. Of course, you got to have something to talk about. Right. Um, And then the second thing was is. Um, let's say KP does come back. We don't know what the, I'm, I don't want to even get into that. I talked about that last night with you. Um, if he comes back or when he does, is Jalen going to be moved up into the starting lineup? Mm, mm, really good question. I think Jalen has to stay in the starting lineup. And I think what that means is the Mavericks are going to have to go find a bench, um, a bench ball handler. Frank Nelkina has tried for two games and it's been horrendous. It's not necessarily his fault. He's not, I don't know what position you would put Frank other than like basketball player, but he's not, you know, he's an interesting ball handler, but not a great scorer. But like there was like a Frank Nelkina, Willie Collystein pick and roll. And I said during the game, like that should not happen at any point in the fucking multiverse. Like that's a terrible, <laughs> like that cannot be the outcome. I don't care how, how depleted things are. I call Willie Colley Stein butterfingers because the dude just can't handle the ball in the post or in the paint in general. Like it, it, yeah. No, I mean, he needs, he's an advertisement. He's a walking advertisement for that damn thing that I keep hearing about in the athletics, the Sunday scaries or whatever the heck the name of that gummy gummies thing is. I mean, he just, he just, he plays with no urgency. Um, and you know, I guess it's great to be collecting a $4 million paycheck this year and not care. I mean, I, he was better last year. I'm very disappointed in him. He, he, he could give the Mavs a spark, but he comes in and he tries to be too cute by half at all times. Yeah, what was that play that uh, I think it was yesterday that he threw an open basket out to the wing for, was it a, a Frank Nilakina three? Yes. Uh, I don't, yeah. That was trash. That like that was just a perfect example of his lack of awareness 
on the court this season. So that's all I got, Kurt. Thank you. Of course, man. Thanks for hanging out. Okay, let's see who else we got. Um, Jason, what's up, buddy? Oh, I am unmuted. I am muted. Okay. okay. Yeah, it insta-mutes you now. (laughs) All right. Well, I don't know. This game is fine. I wasn't here yesterday, but yesterday was honestly fine as well. Like, I I feel like the season is just going to be like this until like January. Let's be honest. Sure. There's going to be two months of up and down and 500-ish play until Luka gets his shit together and we get somewhat healthy, which honestly is fine. I just get a little pissed off when it seems like this team is just looking forward to the playoffs and it feels like, oh, we've accomplished so much. We're so much better that we can just take the season <laughs> off. And no, no flashback. You have to burning lights here. No, we haven't done anything. We haven't done shit. Take the season seriously. Get off your asses and start working hard. Just so annoying. Sure. I mean, I, that's, that's, that is my take on it. And when people, when I, when I inadvertently irritate, you know, you can always tell who really like watches too many of the game, like who, who watches versus who is just kind of like checking the box scores. Because if, if somebody's like telling you to calm down, like they clearly haven't watched the game. <laughs> it's just like, no, like he's like, I don't know what happened with that free throw thing at the end. But it was, I'm glad they didn't lose. Like, like, and then you try to explain that to somebody who didn't watch the game live. And they're like, well, what are you so upset about? Because they nearly lost the game on stupid things. That's why. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, in, in kids' defense there, I actually think the decision to actually try to miss the free throw is actually probably correct. Just in the sense that they don't get a, a free sideline out of bounds play. If you actually hit it, it goes off the rim. There's some confusion. It's probably sure. Like, it probably makes sense. But, like. I mean, I'm not going to give kids credit here. It's like, whatever. <laughs> I'm just not going to give credit, any credit here. It's just, it is what it is. But I guess last thing before I just go off is that, I actually forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. Maxie's out for like a month. Is that correct? Like, uh, ten, 10 days. 10 days. 10 days. Okay. Then at least. I mean, oblique stuff is weird. I mean, if if you've ever done anything to your core, that's not something you want to rush back from because anything core affects biomechanics elsewhere, and they don't want to mess around with that. Oh yeah, the thing I want to talk about is holy shit, Dorian is in such a bad slump. It's kind of insane. Mm. I don't know if yeah. I've seen him treat this badly since like rookie year. It's honestly hard to watch. You can see him processing. Like it's like oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Every time he does something, I mean, at least he started attacking the rim tonight, which was nice because. I want to say, so he was. I I, I had his his box, his counting stats up um, at one point, but he was he's he's shooting. It's like twenty percent from three. It's like then from the floor, he was like shooting just like broadly speaking. So he's two of eight tonight, which um, two of eight, and then what did I have here? I had Dorian up. Um, Dorian Finney Smith basketball reference. This is just great audio as I go to the internet. So if if you he so now he is twenty four of seventy three on the year. That is bad. That's, that's, really, that's overall, by the way, not just from three. That's overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is shooting a crisp thirty three percent from the floor. So congratulations to him. Um, I he's just he'll oh, figure God. it out. He'll be okay. I think he needs to get some more corner threes. He's shooting a lot of those above the break ones, which have never been his strong suit. Um, it's the, they weren't a weak point, but they, they weren't crushing him. And now they're just, now it's just, uh, it's, 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 uh, he's, he's in quicksand. I feel bad for him. Also, are we sure that Frank Nielkin is actually good? Like he had no. like a couple of good games and now he's just, I feel like he's getting worse and worse every single game. But, I mean, that's why he was available for 
nothing. I mean, you, you it's got to, yeah. what you need is you need these bonus opportunities to pay off at the right time. Like you need Malcolm Brown to unfuck at the right point to where he cannot leave the ball behind when dribbling and not wildly drive into traffic. Like my, I know a player is bad when my wife who doesn't really react to games goes, what is that guy doing after like the third straight possession? So. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, honestly, like a lot of these role players, they're just missing threes. Like, I'm not that worried about the offense. Like, it's probably going to be better. Like, I mean, I feel like Timmy's not even shooting that well. But like, no, Dorian, he's not. Yeah, like, like Dorian, Frank, Bullock, Brown. I mean, obviously, Luca's just been horrible. That's but, the like, argument. These guys I mean, are just yeah. missing open threes. So I think it's going to be fine. It's just going to be really rocky, and it's not going to be pretty. Which is, that, right, I mean, it, I, 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 I'm very curious to see what happens because. I don't know what a regression really looks like because we've had eight games at this point and they're shooting 41% as a team. But uh, I don't know. So for anybody that's been a Mavs fan for a long time, really during part of the weirder times, do you remember it was the Chris Kamen first season? Dirk was out with knee surgery um, and they played. It was when you know Darren Collison and Mayo were, were on the team. The Mavs won three straight games by shooting north of 60% as a team. And I still think about it because it was like these group of guys that were not, it was, it was like the, the reverse Ultron where none of these guys actually fit together, but then they just destroyed people for like a month and a half. And it was really, really. Remember the, the OJ Mayo all-star buzz for like a couple weeks? Cause there? OJ shot so like 40 plus percent from three. It was insane. And then he just so fell weird. off a cliff. Then he's just like, I don't know. Then he got arrested for some stuff. Like, it yeah, just, he, he had some, stuff. he had some problems. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What happened to Bullock? Like, do we know anything um, about that? Bullock? I mean, like, it's always painful when it's like out with a face. Like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> like he he hit a screen hard, but I didn't really know. Like, what does facial injury mean? Um, like, did, like did his skull crack? Like, I thought he like I he just not. look at his eyes. Like, I thought it wasn't that bad. But, I um, hope not. Though, though, masked Reggie Bullock is appealing. Like the mask plus the hair. Like he would look awesome. So we'll see. All right. Well. This win was not the worst win of the past two years. Whoever was up there, like, no. is this, it, it honestly wasn't that bad. Like, we won. No, there's no such thing game. as a bad win. Yeah. I, I just, it's just like I, you know, this is why I do these because I don't want to be bitchy and be like overanalyzing. And my my partner Josh Bow um, is just like I can't keep writing the same thing about how I think they suck when they win. And it's like <laughs> I'm like, well, don't write about that then. Just go to bed. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thanks for hanging out tonight. Sure thing. Well, calm down, everyone. It's gonna be it's gonna be okay. Yeah, we're above five hundred. This is great. Okay, Brett, what's up? Uh, doing pretty well. Um, a couple of things. One, uh, in the first quarter, um, when Luca took, you know, a bad three, and then got beat back down the court on the other end. Um, <sighs> that's one of those moments where. A, and like, and he was, you're talking earlier about like people who've watched Luca his whole life and everything. Like, that's me. Like, I'm someone, like, I didn't really watch the Mavs much before Luca. Um, and so, like, I'm like, you know, a huge Luca, Luca super fan, but he's been like really bad this season. Um, and, and but that, that's the kind of moment where, like, when, when you talk about like needing, needing a veteran, um, or someone who's going to, you know, chew in, chew into him on the bench, like, because I mean, he got taken out at that point, like, but it was not like he got yanked because, he was just, you know, whatever, n- not getting back on defense um, and getting be- beat down the court by that pass. But, like, someone there 
if Kim's not going to do it, someone else needs to like yell at him, make it, make him understand that he is setting, needs to set the tone for the team. And if he's just like getting beat there for an easy bucket, um, then, then like, that, that, that's unacceptable. Um, and so that, that was one thing. The other thing uh, that was in the fourth quarter on the second night of a back-to-back, Luka came back in the game with 10 minutes and 30 seconds left. Yeah. And that, and it was not like he's been, he'd been playing particularly well you know, like in the third quarter or whatever before he went out. And the bench was generally playing better without him in the game. Yeah. I, I could not really understand the thought process behind that. Like they had gone on a run, got back into the game, taken the lead with him on the bench, and then all of a sudden like he comes back in like – for the full, whole fourth quarter. I mean, kids' rotations have been a little weird, but then you look at kind of of the, the injury issues where I feel like they're just kind of patching stuff together. Like, this has been a pretty – I remember I talked a lot heading into the season about how nice it was going to be to have breaks between games. This is, is sort of the conclusion of five games and seven nights, which is not going to be that common. Yeah. Um, so it's – you know, you, 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 you play through it, you sort of figure out what to do next, and you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll get Porzingis back Saturday and figure that out. Yeah, I, I think all of those Luca airballs because like he does airball like a considerable amount of shots, like even before this season. Like like that was not like an like for a player of his talent, he does just completely miss frequently. Um so I don't think he shot twelve threes tonight. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it, it's just it's it, 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 because it's a mix of both the both the the new the new foul rules and that he's like very much not in shape, and so like both of those things combined, like a he's doesn't have like the burst to get to the rim um, as much like as easily to beat defenders, and when he does get into the paint, he's getting like bumped, and even more so than in the past. Is not getting those calls, and so just as the game goes on, it just discourages him from from driving. He's got to figure it out, and I don't know yeah. what. I have this debate back and forth with people where I've had a lot of people don't seem to think his lack of burst it matters. Where in year two he was getting past people real well and looked great. Last year he was heavy. And I'm, he might have been heavy on purpose, and he stayed heavy, which I think is kind of why a lot of people think he was doing it on purpose. And his instead, what instead of getting to the rim quite as much, he elevated his mid range game, which is pretty incredible. But I also think that in terms of preference, I don't necessarily think Luca wants to take more difficult shots. I think that he had to take more difficult shots because he wasn't getting by people. And so if we're looking at what's happening now where he's not getting by people and the league has really trimmed on a lot of the offensive, like the offensive player initiating contact at certain points and just saying, we're just going to call that a no call. He's going to have to figure out something different. The argument back then, and you can probably attest this if you've watched him a while is he figures shit out given enough time? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't expect, like, he's not in the way that I would say to some extent, like, like Lillard's having like a much bigger issue with the rules, or like, or like Young to some extent is, is I think, like, players who are smaller are much more affected um, because that contact really does 
like bump him off a lot more than it does someone like Luca. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, he does. Do, do you know at all, like off the top of your head, if his post up like volume is up this year? It has like, to be. I feel like it's because I mean, like it's it's not like he's taking more of those like you know mid range you know shots. He's taking like like those where they're just step backs, you know, three or four feet inside the line. But I think those are fine. I mean, like I prefer threes, but like. Those shots are fine for him, but like I feel like there's been an emphasis on him posting up more, which he's good at it, like relative to other players in the league. And he, with his size, he like against smaller players, he can do well. But I feel like rather than it being a thing they go to, you know, two or three times a game, it's it's like a go-to set in the yeah. offense. I, it, it, and I, it absolutely has been, and that's where a lot of the criticism for me comes in about sort of like the spacing because, and there's a, a really good Twitter account. His name's Skyfall. And he did a, a, a thread the other night sort of on the Mavericks offense. And the Mavericks have like this wax and wane challenge at the moment where their offensive sets are either doing far too little or far too much where there's like motion for the sake of motion that doesn't actually accomplish anything. Yeah, well, well, there, there, the, the entire fourth quarter after, like, I mean, it seemed like most of the fourth quarter was a lot of like single action sets mm-hmm. where it's like a screen and then ISO and then yep. or, like, like, and that's not really dynamic. Like, that's not. Well, it's also it's also it's, schemable over the course of time. Where I'm really glad to see that the yeah. members are using like small, small uh, screens where it's like a guard screening for a guard, which they didn't do like the first three games. They didn't do any of that stuff. Yeah. When the, when the, yeah, when when they had Brunson um, and like Finney Smith screen for Brunson like a bunch like over and over and t- because like they're they basically not just not stopping that action like, that was good to see. But also, I mean, there's just so there's so much of it that is not like there was. I feel like this game in particular, there's like a lot less cutting that went on. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't like, and again, so that's just like I don't know if that actually is what happened. But to me, that that was what it looked like. Um, and part of that's like you know the second night of a back to back, so there's. Right. There's like an element of like making it out of this alive. And that's, I think, kind of where those of us who follow this team way too closely sort of want to overreact where it's like, well, geez, if they're just needing to make it out alive and it's game eight, are they as good as we thought they were? And the answer at this point has to be no. Right. About them being as good as we thought they yeah, were. Yeah, I mean, we thought they were a good team. We thought yeah. they were like top four in the West. And I think that, you know, granted, they're literally top three in the West right now. I'm not sure if that yeah. holds. Yeah, I, I mean, just, just like, and I mean, part of that is skewed by, I would like arguably not having the team's best two defenders. Sure. Like for the last couple of games. Um, and I mean, like, the shooting is just. Like, like the first couple of games, I thought, like, you know, it's because of the new offense. And, like, I don't really think that's why. I, I can't really figure out what the deal is with why, like, across the board, everyone can't shoot. Like, like, <laughs> right. like because, like, because, like, Luca, it, like, like, individual players, I can think, like, you know, Luca, it makes sense because, you know, he's out of shape. He can't hit those threes. Like, Dorian, you know, he's streaky. He's just, in general, like, he's not a great shooter. He just gets really open. 
Right, uh, right. right. Most of his shooter. shots are wide open. He is not a good shooter. Yeah, and 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 I would and I would argue. I mean, like like this is why this is why he should have been traded like a year ago, um, like or or like like or like over this summer at least because yeah. he is not he was not a he's not a thirty nine percent three point shooter, um, and he was on a good contract enough that you could probably could have got something before him. Um, yep. Before the, before this happened, like 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 no, he's not going to shoot like twenty five percent. No, he'll be here. fine. He'll get up to like thirty four, thirty five. I believe he'll be yeah. fine there. Yeah, yeah, but that's but that's fine. And that's but that's not a player you want playing thirty five minutes a game. Um, and like and but that's all. I mean, that's always been the thing. So sure. Um, but yeah, but yeah, but like, but all the players in general. I mean, I I mean, I I do think Harley off the bench, Brunson starting makes like works better. Like I I've always thought Hardaway off the bench makes more sense. I mean, I just like that they're, I just like that both the players uh, themselves are willing to try different stuff yeah. because it's really easy to be, you know, bitchy about one's role and they just, you know, they seem fairly flexible and that, that matters over the course of time. Yeah. I mean, I mean like, yeah, both of them are both like from all, from all I can tell, very willing to, um, but we're willing to accept a bench role. Yes. Yeah. Um, like obviously, obviously any player would prefer to start, um, but they're not like, Oh, I'm, you know, rugged to the bench. I'm just going to like, you know, my energy is going to be lower. I'm going to complain about it. Um, but, but I do, but I do think that there's basically no way, even with everyone healthy after those, these last couple of games, that you, that Brunson, you can put Brunson back on the bench. I don't think so either. It's, it's, he's, he's making the case, uh, you know, he's probably been the, the, I don't know if he's been the best player, but he's been the most consistent player night in and night out through eight games, which is really nice. Yep. Seems like he's making the lead. Well, thanks for hanging out, Brett. Hope to see you soon. All right. Got a couple more folks, and then I'm going to go to bed. Dwight, what is happening? How you doing, Dwight? Hit that unmute button. Can you hear me? Yep. Sound good. <clears throat> hey, sweet. No, man, I just... Uh... As far as, I guess, my observations about the game, I mean, I know it, it the the wins feel bad, but like you said, you know, that's because we're in it, we're fans, we're emotional. But, man, this is the fifth game in seven nights. Shit, we had three of our top six players out after uh, – uh, Yeah, when Bullock went out with the face. Broke, yeah, broke his face or whatever happened. It's like, yes, we I, the Spurs aren't good, but they don't stink. They aren't they are Detroit or or Houston. So, I think we should just be happy we got out with a win. I'll I'll be candid. I was happy, very happy with the win until Jason Kidd pulled whatever the hell he pulled at the end. <laughs> right, that just feels gross to leave a win on that. Oh my god! Yeah, but now that I've you know, I kind of looked at it like, you know, we can say we're not top four in the West, but honestly, who are we comparing ourselves to? Because there's outside of, ironically enough, the Miami Heat, there's no one that's just laying waste to the league. Even teams that we think are better than us. And they're in dogfights with quote-unquote bad teams as well. Oh, yeah. Did you watch – did you see any of that Lakers game last night by chance? I, I caught the very, very end of it. it was I mean, they needed – they needed every single thing. Like they need Melo shooting seventy five percent to beat the Rockets in in whatever month it is, November. Woof. 
Yeah, I mean, and even Golden State, they were fighting for their lives with them as well. So I think we need to just breathe a little bit and and chill. And, you know, I'll be candid. Like, if you would have told me Jalen Brunson would become a starting player in the secondary creator, like, at a certain point, we got to accept this is real. Um. I've been, I, I would feel differently about how I thought this season was going to end up. So I, I, I'll take it. Um, I'm out on Porzingis, but I've been out on him since he wants to shoot those silly shots. I think even if he's healthy, that's my biggest thing. Even if he's healthy, like if making him happy involves letting him post up. I think, I, I don't think it's going to work no matter what, but I'm tired, man. You're tired. Uh holler at you guys later on, man. Thanks for hanging out, Dwight. Yes, sir. All right. Coming up last but not least, if he's still hanging out in there. Oh, we got a couple folks. Never mind. Leo, what's going on tonight, Leo? What are you what are you up to? Hello, everyone. Uh how you doing? Pain. Pain? Why? We won. I I that doesn't mean it wasn't hurtful to watch. I can be happy and you know. Sure. Oh, but I'm not really need to talk about tonight's game, but more about the team overall. I remember you and sure, you let's were hear it. talking about how the team, uh, front office wise, doesn't really care about winning in the margins, and how whenever they've been signing players in the off season, they haven't been focusing on that. It seems like the players kind of took that into their own hands and kind of been focusing on that themselves. Jalen Brunson scoring and assisting just looks better overall, but. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this throughout the couple games. It, I don't think Dwight Powell's our best screen setter anymore. I think it might be JB and Maxi because they were setting really good screens the first three games. Yeah, I can see it. I mean, Powell's problem at the moment is that he commits two offensive fouls a game because he's not holding his screens properly, which that's an adjustment to being ref differently. But I, I will say that, that you know, Brunson is a damn fire hydrant that guys aren't really looking for on the screens. And then Maxie's always been pretty good, too, because Maxie, you know, when he sets his screens, he's not necessarily rolling. He just immediately sort of pivots out and, and, and is looking for the catch. But I, I, under, I understand. What and then um, as far as the defense goes, can are we allowed to be happy yet, or is this, like, Wait and see until I have no idea. That's a that's a good question because I am like on the one hand I'm not happy with the defense because I feel like they surrender points at the stupidest times. Then again, they keep holding people under a hundred, roughly. You know, more up until like the free throw thing happened tonight. The Mavs have played a pretty good pretty good game, so that's a that's a fun question. And honestly, I don't know. Like the variance in what happens with NBA defense, like like last year the 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 Knicks were like the number one NBA three point defense, and like that sort of stuff. At this point, from what the statistical market, it's like there's just certain things that are like random, and and I don't know. But right now, I like the effort for a fair number of the guys. I feel like there's just a little more going on than there was last year. Which- and then I yeah, because about the defense, I feel like. Can when do we what kind of what at what point do we take the defense into account with what players we have out on the out on the court? Because we haven't had Maxi or KP out there, and we've just right. been surrendering two pointers and two pointers and two pointers the last couple of games. 
I mean, that's a good question as well. And that's why, like, Porzingis not being in for the Heat game was a little frustrating because I think he would have made a difference with the way he's been closing airspace, both on challenging distance shots and then also kind of being just a a menace near the rim. I would have liked to have seen that. So that's, that's that's another one to keep an eye out for. And just like a final thing, we are only 10% in to the season, eight games. And then I, if I remember correctly, we have like one of the easiest strength of schedules. If Take that for whatever you will. But I mean, do we just give this team time? Is it just fr- frustrating because we've seen this team for three years already and whatever adjustments have been made, we've seen it about 20 times and it's always going to be Bob on a Well, no matter what happens, it's going to confirm our priors. <laughs> like, I think those of us who do this sort of stuff and talk about the team so much, I am very guilty of this where it's like, oh, I, of course I knew that was going to happen. Um, it's, it's difficult to say. I, I think there's, there's an argument to be made for both sides if things happen to go sideways. I don't think they will because there's enough things that are going badly for the Mavericks that aren't affecting them for losses. Like getting beat by an average of 24 points by the games that you lose sucks, and that's going to hover over things for a while. But overall, I feel I feel pretty good with where they are. Uh, just two last things, and I'll be out. Uh, one, as far as trade partners go, should we just be waiting to see if Portland blows anything up if, you know, we can get any of the shrapnel, maybe uh, a four or a two guard that they have that might just be that they just want to get assets for. And then I'm not sure if anyone's written about this, but Jason Kidd kind of got karma by the basketball gods. Whenever the uh, Lakers were trying to hire a head coach like two or three years ago, I remember uh, they were talking about how Frank Vogel's job was in the balance because Jason Kidd was right there behind him. Did Igor kind of just do that to Kidd? Because if Kidd has like a terrible season, does Luca just be like, hey, my guy's right there? I don't know, man. That's a fun one I've been sort of sitting on where it doesn't seem like Igor would necessarily fit the coaching staff at all. Um, And then from the sort of off the record things that I've heard whispered over the years is that kid had a, and you know, some of the stuff's reported where kid had a real like problem where he constantly wanted to consolidate power He's sort of mentioned and, and follow-up stuff since then. He's less interested in that. So I'm not really sure. Um, I do think that it, it, you know, winning cures a lot. Where if these guys stay on top of this, it doesn't really matter. Which is, you know, kind of, the, I think, the thing we have to hope for. All right. Well, you have a good night, Mr. Kirk. Hope- sure thing, buddy. You have a good one. All right. I think we got one more guy. We're going to bring him up. My man, Ike. has been waiting. How you doing, Ike? Hey Kirk, how's it going, man? It's oh man, just got done working out. I actually missed the second half of the game because I had a basketball game myself, just trying to stay competitive or whatever. But um, what do they say? Uh, what's this, what's the saying? Um, insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. So the Mavs are fucking insane, and <laughs> I. <laughs> I, you know, and, and I'm, I'm in this, I'm in this area in between like frustrated, like many of us, but I'm like slightly intrigued because I know we're just eight games in. But of course, you know, I, I, and I hate a lot of times making Dwight Powell 
the whipping boy, but my God, it's just like, I think there was a earlier caller, like, listen, you don't have to be an experienced head coach to see that that's not working. Right. And we have taped for several years. I, 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 don't, I forgot. I think um, it was on locked on Mavs. I think the stat was like with white Powell, like teams are shooting uh, inside like 68%. And then when he goes out, it gets lowered to like 64, 63% and stuff like that. So it, it's really a concern with me, even with KP in there, how reliable we are on Dwight, uh, on Dwight Powell to, for him to be playing this many extended minutes. And one of my – kind of a sidebar, one of the frustrating things was in this offseason, and, of course, I know everybody has their complaints about the offseason, but we really didn't do – we have a ton of centers, but they're pretty much all the yes. same. All the same type of centers. Like, we don't have – like, I was worried about – concerned about there's a lack of like interior strength if that makes sense like there's nobody everybody's kind of the same like just I'm not going to say soft but you know there there's not like we don't have any interior presence that has any type of physical ferocity if you will it's just all kind of like the same player and stuff like that so sure um, and then again you know I, I could go down the line but um it's I don't know. I'm just in this. I can't even describe. I'm just in this space where I, there's like multiple feelings kind of going on. It's just, you know, I don't think Luca, some people think Luca's out of shape. I don't think he's out of shape. He's been playing basically all summer, um, if you will, with the Olympics and everything. He, he, I don't think, I, you know, he just hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't played well to, to his standards, but uh, I, I just don't think he's in, I guess, a good enough rhythm, but we all know that he'll make adjustments, but you know, with the uh, Dorian Finney-Smith shooting like shit and stuff like that, I guess for me overall, it's just that it's it's the same lineup that we pretty much have rolled out there for like the last three or four years. And it's just like, should it be like shame on us for expecting different when this has been <laughs> what we have pretty much seen? Um, and they have failed to really like, it's not even about getting a star, but getting something different to infuse just something different into the lineup because we've seen what this kind of has gotten us. We've seen like the ceiling with uh, pretty, pretty much this, uh, this lineup, but I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from kind of on all fronts. It, it's a lot of us who watch every single game feel like we're kind of caught in a bit of a time loop where it's like, well, haven't we seen all this before? And the answer is yes. Right. And I don't know. I, I don't know where certain things change. The Dwight Powell stuff that you were talking about earlier is it's to the point now to where it's like they, it, it, a lot of what the Mavericks have done, particularly at their centers is like exploiting gimmicks that work and then getting to the point to where they overuse the gimmick and then it doesn't work anymore. Powell is really functional against teams that don't have a rim protector. But with the way the league has gone now, more and more teams have actually fairly functional rim-protecting guys, and it's reliant upon Luka feeding him at just the right angle for him to be effective on offense. And then on defense, the man is just a saloon door. So I don't really understand it either. But, it, you know, they like they, they opted in um, – they basically opted in to Willie Cauley-Stein's team option, and I think that they thought they had a trade brewing where they are going to be able to do something with salaries, and then it just fell apart. Yeah. I just don't understand some of what's happening, but until it starts to affect their win loss column, there's only like so much we're really going to be able to complain about, you know? 
Yeah, that's true. I, I guess, like, for me at this point, I, I'm just tired of the narrative as far as, oh, well, Dwight Powell's an elite rim runner. And that, you know, that might be true, but it gets canceled out just by how utterly terrible he is at defense and the lack of awareness that he has. Um, like, I don't uh-huh. think that, you know, that his elite rim running, so to speak, outweighs just his terrible defense. But, again, it's it's partially kind of a failure to uh, for the Mavs to really go out and really try and find something different um, to try and allow this team to take the next step. And I don't know if uh, Coach Kidd is just, you know, kind of searching for something different or this is maybe some assurances from the quote-unquote leadership council. But, again, I, it's a multitude of feelings. Uh, where I'm happy that we're 5-3. and three. Um, I've seen glimpses of a really good defense. But overall, I really don't know kind of how to pinpoint the team. But I guess there's a part of me, the, the reasonable part, that's trying to stay a little bit patient and see how – Everything kind of comes together. Tim getting back into his rhythm, Luca getting to his rhythm, and things that sort. See how KP will eventually uh, fit in, if at all. So, I guess we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Well, thanks, Ike. Appreciate this. is a great way to end the show. Thanks for hanging out. All right. Well, this has been good stuff, guys. Um, I'm hopeful that I'm going to get my buddy Ben Collins, uh, who you guys may know from the internet. He covers the what he refers to as the dystopian beat for NBC News, but he's a big-time Mavs fan, and he, he wanted to come on and talk about some stuff. So hopefully I'll have something for that, like Friday afternoon for everybody. This will be going up on the podcast feed on Thursday afternoon. Check out um, Xavier Santos and I recorded the post-game show. That's on your feeds now. It's only about 15 minutes. We did a good job. Uh, and thanks for hanging out for an hour tonight. It's been fun, guys. Uh, this has been Kirk Anderson, Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy. Everyone have a good rest of your week. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com.